Hey, I'm Janelle. And I'm Amber. Collectively, we are Brown Girl Alchemy. A mother-daughter unit using our personal journey and growth within our Blackness, womanhood, and lives in general to motivate, activate, revolutionize, inspire, uplift, and heal. We hope to navigate through the seasons with you as we alchemize authentically into the best versions of ourselves. We are our sister's keepers, and this is Brown Girl Alchemizing. We're back. Hey, beautiful brown girls. What's the tea? What's up, Em? It's been a minute. It's really been a long minute, right? Yes, and we missed y'all so much. We really did. We've been seeing the tweets. We've been uh, so encouraged, inspired, just really excited to just come back to you, but it had to be in our time. Exactly. I think when we're... We have to be in the right space. In the right frame of mind. Yeah. And in a space where we're able to give you, give to you. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And in order to give to you, our cups had to be full. Exactly. So we had to take a little time out. Yeah. I think we're kind of getting back. We'll discuss everything that's been going on in this in this episode. But I think, we, like you said, we just needed to take a moment to process Mm -hmm. because I just feel like you know we need to experience and feel the feels before we are so quick to share what's going on right and the interesting thing is um I know we discussed it like god you know we really need to get back to this podcast we need to get back to BGA and I would say there was a tiny bit of fear of us losing our space but then it was immediately, immediately like this wave of assurance that came over us. Like, no, we've already created this space and this is our legacy and we're, we're fine. Exactly. We can, we can afford to take the time that we need to get back to the place that we need to be in order to give back. Exactly. I just wouldn't see the point of us giving when we don't have anything to, to give. give. Right. And then, you know, we want to focus on quality first quantity exactly so we just hope that with each episode that you listen to you're gaining something from right. it and it's not just filler content or filler conversation you know and we hope that we've given you um just material that you're able to revisit over and over again and each time just feel renewed and refreshed and yes. just positive yes 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 during our break i saw a lot a lot of people that have been revisiting visiting episode two i believe the self-love that was one of our favorite ones yes it was so great and also alchemizing the witch in you too yeah that was magical i love it so we're back uh we're feeling a lot better absolutely and we're in the space of healing. And like I said, we'll discuss it. But and this is a process. Exactly. So let's get into what's going on in the Luniverse then. I'm so excited. Wait, 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 wait. Before we yes. get into the Luniverse, we have to say that this is episode 12. Ah, Okay. And listen, Amber and I have both been revisiting amongst other mystical and mysticisms. We revisited numerology. And what sparked it was Shane is studying or was studying Greece in history. And he was learning about Pythagoras. And, of course, I do all of his studying with him. And I was like, oh, my God, I I forgot how amazing he was. He was a philosopher. I'm not going to get into everything that he did or contributed to society but I would say you know google him learn about him but he was like the father of numbers and I forgot how magical we forgot how magical numbers are and the synchronicities involved so as I said that this is episode number 12 what does 12 mean 12 is completion 12 is harmony exactly so if we want to reference the bible for 12 Um, We could talk about how Jacob had 12 sons. Um, What else? 12 is the number of cosmic order. There are 12 months in the year. There's 12 astrological signs. 
there's 12 personality archetypes. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but yeah, more importantly, magical. it's magical. And this is our 12th episode I and we're it. back and we're better than ever. Yes. Right on time with this Virgo full moon, Okay, which is a super moon at that. And I love, I mean, you know, we document the lunar cycles on the podcast and even on our personal pages, but we have some really cool transits going on. We got Aside from the full moon in Virgo, we got the sun in Pisces, we have Mercury in Pisces, and we have Chiron in Aries. So this message is really going to be about paying close attention to our dreams. So if you, I would heavily recommend Mm. keeping a journal in your bed or next to your bed so that as soon as you wake up, you're able to document your dreams if you remember them. If you're into dream work, I highly recommend working with herbs like St. John wort, mugwort, yarrow. Those are all spiritual connection dream work herbs. This is going to be a very, very psychic time for us. It is. Are I have a little it? tip for the dream work thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's age because I can't remember if when I was younger, I had an um, easier time remembering my dreams. But they say that the best way to journal is that you literally have to you know when you do that 2 3 a.m uh walk to the bathroom Mm -hmm. they're saying have your pen and your journal right by your bed and just jot down anything that will help you remember and then maybe you can actually write about it better in the morning when you actually wake up yeah but if you don't do that you're not going chances are you're not going to remember yeah and i find that i find that true And also what's interesting, too, is like I posted a tweet about this yesterday and I've already started seeing people like one of my girl, Jordan, from Dating in NYC podcast. Shout out to Jordan. She hit me up and she was like, that's so crazy. I haven't remembered my dreams since like the summer. And suddenly last night I remembered exactly what I dreamed about. That's interesting. So that energy is already kind of like it's brewing. Right. Be open also to exploring the arts. So you could be feeling this very strong creative push to dive deeper into any creative outlet that you've been engaging in, or you might feel called to try something completely new that seems out of your routine. I love that. If you're trying to go to a simp and paint for some reason, do it. Do it. I know the interesting thing, when you're creative, your circle kind of um, consists of other creatives. Yes. But... I'm in corporate America, so Mm -hmm. I see both sides, and you probably don't see that. There's so many people that always say, like, I don't have, like, any type of creative interest, or I'm not a creative person. And we're all born to create, so it's just super strange. And and honestly, those are probably the most unhappiest people because they haven't tapped into their creativity. But we have so many gifts. Like, you don't have to just be sold on one. So this is an amazing opportunity to maybe do something different than you're already doing. Try something new. I love that. Me too. I'm definitely going to also... Basically, this is about trying something new that could get you out of your normal routine. But also, what I was thinking about that I want to work on, and maybe we can do it together, is a lot of creative visualization work. Mm. Because that's that time to be able to like focus with the intent and right. actually vis- visualize it in our heads. I've actually even been doing use, that. I ha- you have? Yeah, I've been sitting. I, what I've been doing is, and we talked about this, um, I've been trying to get away from my... <laughs> my um what do we call them your your youtube uh reading (laughs) yes all of my addictions that keep me from doing my personal work that i need to be doing like the shows that i watch at night and you know the little videos and anything even like scrolling through instagram i've been trying to wean myself from those things because those are just distractions yeah they are so I've been taking the time, like I take my shower at night and I get in the bed and I turn the TV off so I'm not distracted. And I've been just visual visualizing, like mm-hmm. just thinking about what it is that I want and actually taking the time to meditate on it and visualize myself so that I can evoke those emotions so that my emotions are and aligned with what it is that I desire. Right. And I like to fall asleep with that feeling. Yes. 
and my dreams. There's a ritual right there. That is a ritual. Yeah. All right. So rewind and, and catch that jewel I just dropped. <laughs> Drop notes. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting because growing up, I think we spoke about it. I used to do a lot of vision boards with you. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really done one in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I feel the difference. It's harder for me to visualize things. Like, I can plan it out. I know what it looks like. But, like, when I close my eyes... It's you very, can't see yeah, it. Yeah, I can't really see it. Yeah. Or I can see what it looks like, but I can't see myself in in it. Mm. You know what I mean? So I want to be able to visualize so I can bridge the gap so that I'm not separate from whatever that manifestation is. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think I'm I'm always in that space because at work that's all i do <laughs> i'm a daydreamer and i'm literally sitting at my desk that's that pisces energies too yeah daydreaming. yeah i just sit at my desk and i'm just like okay make use of this time that right. you don't have anything to do make use of it and and manifest i love it so yeah i love i love all of this also aries and chiron is introducing us to a completely new eight-year energetic cycle eight years eight years so think about where you were eight, eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Ooh. Eight years ago. Wow. And with Aries being the first sign of the Zodiac, which, you know, we speak about the New Year's, but the New Year really isn't until... So this is kind of like an end of a cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. approaching. We're approaching, yeah. actually. And you know what? I feel we like... We are ending the cycle now, but also when we go into Aries season, that's really going to be it. But Chiron is definitely um, introducing a completely new cycle. It makes so much sense. And I want to give you guys hope because I have to say that I've probably been, it's probably been a good eight years of really, really difficult times for me. Yeah. So it's ending. Yeah. That means it's ending for all of you too. And I think you'll be able to start to feel it too. Like I know I started to feel it maybe two weeks ago. So after the new moon, Mm -hmm. was it in Leo? I think that's when I started to feel things. But you're definitely going to be feeling like a new beginning, a new start, just this new push. And what I also love about this um, transit is I read a tweet this week, I think yesterday, that said the roaring 20s was the period in which Chiron was in Aries. Mm. So think about all of the beauty that came from the Roaring Twenties. I prefer to read. I prefer the Harlem Renaissance. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Harlem Renaissance. You already know. Don't be talking yeah. about no Roaring Twenties <laughs> in front of me. There's a gate being open to an artistic revolution. So think about Langston Hughes. Think about Romare Bearden. James Baldwin. Oh, Girl. all of that. Like, I can even picture a lot of us using art and creative abilities as the medium to personal healing I love and it. collective healing because the um, Chiron is the wounded healer. Mm. So I think we're going to be doing a lot, a lot of healing, mm-hmm. but our means of healing is through creativity, right? which is beautiful. And I think that a lot of this healing work, too, will be unintentional. Oh, there absolutely. will be things that will occur <laughs> that may rock your world, but it's for your better good. And we'll get into that. Yes, yes, yes. Also, like what I'm loving about this Virgo paired with Pisces energy is just how well they complement each other. They are literal opposites, but they just integrate so perfectly. Like, if you know a Virgo, a Virgo is the analyzer, the planner. They're the perfectionist. The perfectionist, literally, like, they... Detail-oriented. Yes, they dot their I's, they cross their T's. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and is ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication. And Virgo is who's straightening us out and getting things in order. Now, the Pisces represents the archetype of the dreamer and the artist, the creative, the expressionist, the psychic. It's ruled by the planet of Neptune, which is the planet of water, dreams, intuition, psychic ability, spirituality, and compassion. So the energy around us is definitely illuminating areas that need improvement, some extra TLC, or just healing in general, like we just said. I have to say, well, I'm a little prejudiced, but... Um, any Scorpios listening, I'm Scorpio. Amber is a Scorpio moon. I'm Scorpio sun. And I have Scorpio all throughout my chart. Mm-hmm. But this is a really, really special time for us. Yes. So just 
be aware, be alert, and just pay attention to the synchronicities, the signs. Just yeah, pay attention definitely to everything. Yeah. So Pisces, Cancer, Scorpios. And it doesn't mean just your um, your sun sign, your, your moon sign, mm-hmm. your rising sign, your Venus sign. You know, look into that. Pisces is awakening our desires. So if over time you've had this passion or gift that hasn't been fully activated or you haven't been setting enough time and energy into really nourishing it, I feel like you're going to be constantly reminded about what you need to do and how you need to do it. And I think also because this is the energy overall, you might see people around you or even people that you follow online starting to walk in that power and like do more of what they love. Mm-hmm. And it might inspire you to actually do the same. So it could create this like collective domino effect. And how beautiful is that? I know. I love it. Yeah. And this is going to be, we're going to be questioning how secure are you feeling when it comes to merging your needs and wants? Yeah. Repeat that. Repeat that. How secure are you feeling when it comes to merging your needs and your wants? Merging your needs and wants. Yeah. That is an art within itself. Yes. Right? Yes. The key is walking in the spirit of your dreams. I love it. Me too. And speaking of walking in the spirit of your dreams... Boy, do I have a spell for you guys. Ooh, yes, share. Okay. So this will be our ritual. We're burning dragon blood right now. Mm-hmm. But since we're talking about Pisces, I think this is a great ritual for you guys to do at home. I love this. And this is like a five-minute ritual. Super simple. Super simple. You and put me on. so magical. <laughs> and, okay, so we're talking about herbs. Bay leaf is, like, probably in my top five. I love it. I have... <laughs> in my huge bag I know (laughs) I have like a five pound bag of bay leaves (laughs) and really if you come in my bedroom you're gonna you're gonna definitely have some crunch when you walk across my carpet because there's bay leaves (laughs) everywhere I fill them in in the pillows I put them under my mattress everywhere so they're all over the place they're just magical and so that's an also just aside from using it for the spell that you're about to say this is also good, like you said, to go with, along with dream work. Absolutely. It's perfect for dream work. And it's actually supposed to be amazing for love, too, yeah. like marriages and committed relationships. Yep. So that's why I put it under the mattress and under the pillow. Um, so for this spell, all you need are some Baileys. And I like to use permanent marker. Yes, for me, Permanent it's like if it's a per- exactly that's that's just how I feel. You can manifest. Just a side note, like when you do spell work or setting intentions, whatever you like to call it. Mm-hmm. If you're writing it down on paper, you can manifest something temporarily, yeah, or for a short period of time. I but want when you're permanent. writing it down on permanent marker, that entails sustainability. And what I also want to say. While we're talking about manifesting, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, they always say, "Be careful what you wish for." Let me just reiterate that right now. Be really careful for what you ask for. Um, Just think about it. Is this really what I want or is this really what I want right now? And a lot of times things that we want aren't things that are good for us. So be intentional. Be intentional with your life. We don't have a lot of time in this 3D world. So be intentional with everything that you want, everything that you need, everything that you desire. Take the time to really think about what's good for you. What is for your better good? What is going to make you a better person, enhance your life, bring you abundance? Abundance, not just in material, but spiritual abundance. Inner peace. Exactly. And I think everything that you're saying branches down to self-awareness and knowing what it is that you want. Because a lot of the things that we set the intention or like that we say that we want aren't always ours. There's some programming going on. There's families, there's parents, there's society telling you that this is what you should want. Yes. So I think um, with that being said... You could be manifesting. You could be saying that you want something, but it's not. It really might not what your actually be wants. what you want. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I would say a a really quick way to figure out what it is that you want is to detox your, detox yourself from social media, oh, yes. because it's it's a trap. Yeah, it's, it's a very trap. Loud and noisy. Yeah. It it's a it's a huge distraction, and it it permeates your thoughts. 
and it permeates your desires because you're seeing other people live out what they call their best life, but you don't know because all you're getting are snippets. And you really need to take time and just be by yourself and detox from people and places and things and anything that's creating noise and distractions in your life to figure it out what to figure out exactly what it is that you desire and what will be good for you yes i call now, that hermit mode in the tarot i'm in constant which hermit is the virgo mode. yeah the hermit is the virgo yep i actually did a post on Wait, um the, the hermit mode i think it is the virgo you did yeah that was like my last post i don't oh, post yeah, that yeah. often anymore but it was my last post i um i like using hermit mode better than an introvert yeah no because <laughs> An introvert to me, when I think about it now, it just sounds like, uh, I don't want to be around people. It puts a wall up. It puts a wall up. And what? that's not necessarily how I feel. Exactly. I feel I need to be alone in order to figure out what it is that I need to do to feel better and be better. Exactly. I think the intention with hermit mode is, like you said, going into it's a introspect. moment of introspection mm -hmm. to, to gain or to seek but whatever it is that you seek, you go back into the world and walk with whatever you seek and also share it with the world. That's it. Versus an introvert that there's there's a disconnection there's between a disconnect. the collective and Absolutely. that person. I love it. Okay, so back to our magical base bay leaf spell. Yes. Like I said, all you need is um, a bay leaf. You can you could buy bay leaves anywhere. Yeah, um, literally anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Stores. You can go to the grocery store and they come in a the bottle. There's no magic. Make sure that they're dry. I have a thing with organic, which you know, <laughs> people like to tell me you don't even know if it's organic or not. But in my mind, it is. So I buy everything organic. But um, all you do is okay. So for any type of magic spell, I think that your environment, your ambiance, is probably very essential it's an essential part of magic right mm -hmm. you, you need a quiet too. space yeah and you, you need, need quiet space cleansed. yeah cleanse yourself quiet space doesn't matter where it's at it could be in the bathroom if yeah. that's what you want you just need time interrupted time to yourself and this is very quick and like i said think about what it is that you're trying to manifest that you like to desire and you take your leaf and i i normally have some incense lit i'll have some sage I'll have um, Palo Santo and a candle because this is all ritual for me. It's mm -hmm. just to get me in a space of what I call my magic. And then I write what it is. It could be an affirmation. It could be create your own spell, whatever it is that you desire on that leaf. And I put it in my cauldron mm -hmm. and I burn it. Yeah, and, and I watch it, burns, it burn, and you visualize as it's burning, and that's it. Voila, you're a witch. Yeah, Ashe, and so it is. And so it is. So, we have been missing the affirmations. This episode is actually called "Growth Through Grief." So, do you have an affirmation for us? On I this? do. I had a difficult time with this because it's like. <sighs> I'm so sick of, of being in this space of loss that I almost was like, uh, I don't even know what I wanted to say. So I tried to just do something quick. I thought of some words that maybe will be helpful when people are experiencing grief. And to me, when I say the word loss, it's a lot different versus when I say the word grief. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, what we'll get into is what we experienced and this was what we call grief so my affirmation is i accept that to love is also to lose and i accept my grief as a process as i honor my tears my anger and my sorrow i will utilize my pain as an opportunity to reveal and heal i love it you want, you want me to say it, it one more time yes I accept that to love is also to lose, and I accept my grief as a process as I honor my tears, my anger, and my sorrow. I will utilize my pain as an opportunity to reveal and heal. Yes, I love it. 
that was such, wow. To love is to lose. Yeah. To love is complete, pure emotional vulnerability. Yeah. You're going to lose at some point. You're going to lose when you love because nothing is permanent yeah. in this life, in this 3D world, at least. Yeah. So let's talk. But love is permanent. Love is per permanent because love isn't a thing. Yeah. Love is energy. Yeah. Love is eternal. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Let's let's get into it. We yeah. might cry I a little bit. It's so crazy because when we were speaking about um, us taking time with the podcast, I think <laughs> when we were thinking about what we were going to speak on the next episode, I totally did not want to speak about this. Right. I kind of just wanted to skip over it. And, and I said no. Yeah. And you were like, uh, no. Yeah. I felt we had to because... This, this loss, this grief that we are, we are experiencing in this moment and we've been experiencing for quite some months now has shifted us and shaped us. And it's part of our responsibility to share. Exactly. Right? It's, yeah. I mean, we all, it's like you said, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. And everyone is going to experience this type of grief at some point. Yeah in their lives yeah. so um let's talk about both of our losses and they're they're different they are different and how we were able to help each other through this yeah. so am you lost your dad you lost daddy and um Oh, how we're going to get through this. Okay. We're going to be vulnerable and we're going to, you know, we're going to get through this, through this. So. All right. Talk about it. It's crazy because my dad had been battling cancer for three years and he lived um, in a different state than me. He lived in Houston so the last time I went to visit him was in November. Yeah. And Let's I not think what because. All right. So while you're telling the story, I'm going to be interrupting her because there there's so many things. There's so many side stories and lessons and messages that were being downloaded through this whole process. Yeah. So the first thing that I have to back up and say is um, he was an amazing father and Amber called him daddy still. And I think that that says something anyone knows when you call your dad daddy and you're still an adult, I'm 47 and I still call my dad daddy. So mm -hmm. it just says something about the dynamics of your relationship. But um, when he was diagnosed, Whew, I'm going to be all over the place with this. So Amber's dad was my first love. He was my first everything. I don't have to get into it when I say that. You you understand what I mean. And um, I don't think many people have that fairy tale experience where they actually end up marrying their first love. We've known each other since we were 12 years old. And um, our time and experience together was magical. And... It was traumatic, too, because when a first love ends, anyone who's experienced that knows how traumatic it can be. Right. With that said, um, I'm not going to get into the details of our story. We'll go back and forth with mm -hmm. it. But I want to say that when he got diagnosed and you told me, and I don't know if we discussed this because there were so many range of emotions. I think, yeah, we discussed it. When you told me, something in me knew that how it would end yeah and i can't explain how or why but i was fighting it and it was the worst experience to have to go through three years of this knowing when i didn't want to know or feel this way right. and 
I was in. I don't even know. Especially when he's fighting it and yes. they're supporting him. Yes. You know? And there were long stretches of time when I wouldn't even ask you about him. Yeah. And I kept saying, I have to, I would tell you, I have to disconnect from this because I don't want to, I don't want this to affect my well-being and how I'm feeling because him and I had such a deep connection. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it was because this knowing that I had, Her and it was, yes, it was upsetting to me. It was very upsetting to me. Yeah. Okay. So back to your story. Yeah. So three years ago, um, we had like a mini fundraiser for him and that was something just clicked in you and you were like you need to go see your dad this was in no no this was in november yeah no yeah i went to go see him in november and i was at work yeah i was called me yeah i was at work and i literally i was working and i had a panic attack and when i say a panic attack i'm not being dramatic it was a full-on panic attack and i start crying at work i just this this overwhelming feeling of fear hits me and i call you yeah and i tell you you have to go see your dad and you were um you've been positive this whole time because you're trying to keep him uplifted yeah. And he's being positive, and yeah, you're and thing, like, like his partner in positivity. We're not here, like we're not here physically, but we spoke every single day. So, and it's not just speaking on the phone, like FaceTiming. So he's FaceTiming me. <laughs> like, if you know, if you're listening to this and you know my dad, then like you know he's just like he he's a clown. All so day, every like, day. So he's FaceTiming me like, oh, these are the sneakers that I'm wearing. I'm like, where are you going? Oh, I'm just I'm just going to the doctors. <laughs> I'm just going to the doctors. Like, he was just that dude who just, like, loved getting fly. Yeah. Was a sneaker And he head, thought and was he just was just super, the shit yeah, all the time. He, listen, this is a Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing, but both of my parents are Scorpios. Yeah. So we already know when Scorpios are, and I'm a Scorpio moon. So when Scorpios are in their bag, they're in their bag. When they're yeah. feeling themselves, they're feeling themselves. Yeah. And everyone else is pretty much feeling us at the same time. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> okay. But um, I'm trying to figure out where I was going with this. Basically, went we're down there. We were talking about um, how it came to be that you actually went to visit him a yes. month before he oh, passed right, away. Right. So I get there. And, of course, the dynamic is absolutely the same. But... <laughs> It's a little bit different because my dad is somebody who was, like, super on the go. Like, he didn't always like to just stay in the house. Like, he likes to run around and, like, do stuff. So it was a little bit different this time because the cancer that he had made his immune system very weak. So even if we went out, we he had to, like, wear a mask. And just the environment in, in general was just... It was just a little bit different. So instead of like doing our normal, like sometimes we, our ritual was to like, anytime he came into town, whether it be I go to Houston or he comes to Jersey, we go to the mall and we go shopping. Right. Like pick out sneakers, <laughs> mostly for him because <laughs> he just likes my fashion sense and just shop and just chill and stuff. So we weren't able to do that. But when I go down there, like he is a caterer. Like, he cooks for me, like, to the point where he's super annoying. Like, I'll be laying down. <laughs> I'll be laying down. And, comfortable. And super comfortable and mid-sleep. And he'll come up to me and fluff my pillow. Like, oh, babe, you just, you're killing me. Like, you look a little uncomfortable. I just, I had, <laughs> he's like, I just had to do something. Like, you just look uncomfortable. So this, it was a little bit different this time around because he was still trying to do that. But I just wanted to like take care of the, him and be there with him, and he would cook for me too. So instead of like him cooking, I cooked for him and like made him um, his favorite meals, and we just spent time together. I put him on to like new. We binge watch Netflix shows. I put him on to All My Block, 
<laughs> and what else did we do? We just like listened to music and just enjoyed each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe I did know. I don't know. I don't know what I know. I don't know if I really thought that that would be. I don't think you did. No, I don't think but you I did. think he did. Yeah. I, I think, think he did. I, yeah, I think him and I both knew. And returning back to the story, when I called you, I also called his mother. Mm-hmm. I still call her mom. We're just as close as we were when I was married to him. But um, I know that she was just taken aback because I was hysterically crying. And I was like, you have to prepare yourself. And, um, you know this isn't going to be much longer. This is what I was telling her. And she kind of was just like, okay, baby, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's going to be fine. You know, we're going to pray and he's going to be all right. We're going to see a new doctor. Yeah, but also at this point, doctors were saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't much that they could do. Right. But we were still hopeful, especially like holistically and as healers. Like, I think I was doing my best to try to emotionally heal him Mm -hmm. because I know that... um, We all have the power to heal ourselves. Yeah, we all have the power to heal ourselves. In the right conditions. Exactly. And I knew that this physical um, thing that happened was a result of, like, emotional... Trauma. Yeah, emotional trauma and build up. Mostly communication, like, a lot of throat chakra stuff um, that was going on. Mm -hmm. So I think... One lesson that I learned in this was like, you're not in control. Yeah, and and you're not not in control of everything. And I can't heal everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely knew that that was going to be the last time, because he was crying and like giving me a hug and just saying thank you. And that I was just such a good daughter. And then when I get back home, it was kind of the same, like, how it was before we left, talking every day, you know, new doctors, stuff like that. And I think this was a month later. It was a month later. That he passed away. Yeah. And it was just, like, leading up to it, like, maybe the two weeks before it, him and I were having conversations like yeah that okay this is getting real and I had a conversation with him like you know you're gonna continue to fight this and I'm gonna be right there with you but like I just don't want to be in a position where I'm not being like realistic realistic. and if something does happen I'm not gonna know what to do with myself because I didn't at least try to mentally prepare what I also learned is like you there's can't nothing mentally that can prepare, prepare you for certain losses. Mm-mm. No. No. And and as an ex-wife, I was like I knew all the the whole time. So I had 3 years. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that I have never experienced this type of pain, this type of grief, this type of loss, it literally just knocked me off of my feet. And it's a difficult thing to understand or process or for other people to understand because you have to be in the position, in the same position. You had to have married someone and began a family with them and that has been removed and now you're both you've both moved on and then you're faced in this situation no one else will understand we still remained friends and um because we're family literally we're family and he told me up until the end that he would always love me. And you told me. You yeah. would have these crazy conversations with both of us mm-hmm. where it's like you would just shake your head. Like, you know, you understood the type of love, love. that we had yeah. between us yeah. and things just didn't work out. Yeah. And, um, but it's difficult to process this type of grief when you're married. 
Yeah, and so, I think that's what makes our um, grieving dynamic a little bit different. Because I feel like in this case, it's kind of obvious that I would be grieving and I would how I would react and when I would be reacting. Right. But with you, there had to have been some type of like, yeah, you know, yeah. filtering. There that's had to the be filtering, filtering because um, I couldn't show what I was feeling. I didn't, I don't know if I could have, I'm not going to say that. It, it's you not like he, like I didn't he, feel like it was appropriate and I didn't feel like it was thoughtful to show that type of grief around Ven and even Shane. So I had to filter it. You know, I was able to cry with my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law. I was mm -hmm. able to cry with you. And then there was also this guilt with you because I am supposed to be holding you up. And I had a difficult time trying to get a grasp of my feelings because it it wasn't just like, okay, I lost the father of my first child, my first husband. It wasn't that. It was like, because it was my first love, it was like this innocence in, this, in, in our relationship and these ideals of a happily ever after. Right. And all of these other emotions that I never properly processed because- yeah, because it's like, you know, you get divorced, you have to be strong, you have a child to raise. There were so many other dynamics. He was, in, he was in a relationship immediately after separating. And I kind of had to, what I realized I did is I, I closed my heart chakra, mm -hmm. is what I did. I processed it for as long as I could, which was maybe, you know, a couple of months. And I was in a deep depression. And then it was like, okay, you can't go on like this. Right. And I just closed, I just closed everything down. And all of these things resurfaced. And when I tell you, oh my God, what a process. And I have to say, you're such an amazing daughter because had it not been for you I'm not really sure how I would have gotten through that because it was so much pain and so much baggage that I had to get out right I think also because of the relationship and connection that you had and I mean, aside from grandma and grandpa, you're the person connected to me that knew him the longest. And not just the longest, like knew him the best. Yeah. Um, I felt like versus how I was feeling, what, even though our dynamic was different, I know that you knew how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. That, that loss. Yeah. Not just losing someone, but like a part of you is gone and you will never, ever be the same. Literally. It's nothing can fill that space. Nothing can fill it. Mm -mm. It's just crazy because like you said, I felt I thought I could like mentally prepare myself for it. Right. And I think even the first day mm -hmm. when it happened, mm -hmm. people were like, oh, like you're taking it like pretty, pretty well. well and I thought I was too and then he came to me that night mm -hmm. and the next day like the second I think I was just still in shock mm -hmm. because the second day oh my gosh yeah like I woke up after he came to me I woke up hysterically crying yeah and I don't think I stopped crying that day yeah yeah I think we've we're criers yeah but i don't think <laughs> i don't think we've cried as much that as we cried in these three months than our whole entire mm. journey together yeah yeah and still and still yeah i like, think that's the thing too like people say that um oh you know it gets better with time um i mean 
I'm only two months in. Yeah, this is fairly new. <laughs> this is like super, super new. This just this but happened in December. <laughs> a couple of days. Was it after the twenty second? Yeah, a couple of days after my birthday and a few days before Christmas. The crazy thing is. <laughs> This is a process, and this may take years. And then we, I know it's something that I think both of us will never get over completely. Yeah. It's just something that you learn to live with. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that in all his Scorpio glorious, gloriousness, he is not going to allow us to forget. To forget oh because literally <laughs> the day we found out, I'm, his mom is coming over, and we're going to you know, eat and just talk and stuff. And I'm like cleaning my counter off and I pick up a small stack of mail and I'm like, it's junk mail. But then I'm like, something says go through it before you throw out something important. So I start going through it. And what is at the, st- in the bottom of the stack or in between two pieces of mail? A photo. A of photo him. of him. <laughs> On my kitchen counter, yeah, like my mom. I was just like, really, Celine? Like, uh, uh, come on, <laughs> like, give me a second to process this. Yeah. And then, literally, like Amber said, he was coming to her in her dreams, and he he, he hasn't stopped. No. Like, and I think also I wanted to talk about this too. I think that our um, spiritual beliefs and our spiritual practices have really molded us in a way that we're able to navigate through right grief right a lot better yeah. than maybe people that we love are, right you know right grandparents other you know other people right um and i don't know i think part of like like you said a part of me is just just feels missing yeah but then another part of me is like, because, um, and just a side note, like before he passed, he was like, you know, I'm going to be communicating with you. Right. And I was like, yep, I and know. And he ain't never lied. And he did not lie. But we didn't have that conversation. Cause so, so I'm going to need him not to be in my right dreams now. every night. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> I'm going to need you to give me a second. Yeah. So I think that it has helped us a lot. Yeah. And having that connection but also having like that spiritual belief just like we said in um in episode 10 to mm-hmm. lose is to gain like to lose is to gain right because we gained like an incredible right spirit that watches over us and is and like then, on top of us yeah and then there's also lessons like for me i realized that um because his death play different parts in both of our journeys. Yeah. So for me, this has been helping me to heal some parts of me that would have gone unhealed. Yeah. And it's also part of this 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 change, this shift, this eight year cycle of shift. Right. Um and I'm grateful. Like, I'm so grateful for the part that he played in his life. And I'm grateful for the gift of his death, too, because now he's playing another part in our lives. Exactly. And I feel it, too. Like you said, we have to, like, because he's communicating with us literally every day. I hear him every single day. I talk to him every single day. And I mentioned it um, in my videos and even on Twitter, like the way that he communicates to me is through the sun card and the tarot because he called me sun. And now like that's, you get it. Sometimes when you're shuffling, the sun just pops up. No, all the time. (laughs) And I never paid, I always, I I mean, everyone knows the sun card is a positive card. So I always used to get excited when I got the sun card because to me that's like happy ending. Yes. But as soon as you said, mom dad is showing up as the sun card then it's like he want to pop out every time i shuffle it's like yes. okay so yes. like stop i he get won't, it he won't like <laughs> it's like he like dad loved him to death but he was also super annoying and would not oh leave you alone like so he would annoying. do things to bother you like if you're asleep <laughs> if you're asleep and he's up because he was an early bird he'll be loud as hell just so just on purpose just so that you can wake up so he's not alone (laughs) 
or bite my cheeks, which hurts so much. Yeah. Just like stuff like that that he would do that was like super annoying. It's just like his his personality is showing up too in that like funny, um, annoying <laughs> tone to the point where like I like you said like I think about him. Not I think about him. I hear him all the time to the point where sometimes I'm like, okay, um, I love you, but just right now, just not right now. I can't with you. Right. And he'll be quiet. <laughs> he'll be quiet. But a couple of hours later or the next day, he's like, he's right back to it. And I love it too because like it's it's comforting. It's different because like like I said, he didn't live in he didn't live here physically. So our relationship over the last what, 10 years was primarily like FaceTime and stuff like that. Like we see each other throughout the year, but it wasn't like, you know, when I was younger, when I'd go be with him every weekend and, you know, holidays and stuff like that. So the it's weird because now I feel that like what I what was lacking when mm-hmm. he wasn't here physically, I feel it now isn't that interesting yeah i feel it now because now i don't feel like i feel like he's just always and i know people say that like yeah they're there with you but like no No, i feel it it. (laughs) i feel it i hear it i see it like Mm -hmm. he is he's in the building he really is and it's affirming like i said because i hadn't gotten used to him always being around i just gotten used to him always talking to him every day multiple times a day so now it's just it's kind of cool to be able to connect with him and just like okay feel him and i think also since his passing there's been a lot of um like you said a lot of grieving but there's also been like a lot of momentum too yeah and like inspiration yeah yeah definitely the inspiration like for me um I think the last couple of years, our conversations have really been about like what we want in life and Mm -hmm. are we really happy and what we need to do to get there. And I just know that um, in him passing, it was like, okay, this was your A1. Like he's gone. Life can be taken in an instant and like what are you gonna do are you happy are you at peace right are you where you want to be what changes do you need to make to get this right there's a new sense of urgency there is an absolute sense of urgency and i feel him nudging at my back like all right don't play now like (laughs) yeah (laughs) what you gonna do what you gonna do like stop playing yeah so I feel I definitely feel that too, to the point where like I can't play. Right. <laughs> I can't play. And there's no hiding with him. He knew my inner thoughts, and I could put on. And I'm a very good actress. Mm-hmm. But with him, there's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> right. Keep it real, nigga. <laughs> In the midst of this, how were you practicing self care? While this was going on, I think... Even now. Okay, well, yeah. My biggest form ha- of um, self-care has been going back to hermit mode. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it, it was difficult. The most difficult people that I have disconnecting with are my family. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm selfless when it comes to you guys. And Mm -hmm. I would say more so Shane and Vinny because Mm -hmm. they require the most time for me. And I had to be like, I'm not rocking with y'all right now because I need to get my mind right. Yeah. So self-preservation. Self-preservation, yes. I had to be selfish. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, yeah, figure it out. And we spoke about that too, that self-care it's selfishness exactly like figure it out cook dinner i'm not cooking dinner i don't feel like it i'm tired i'm emotionally exhausted i'm drained and um i didn't want to talk to people either Mm -hmm. i i didn't feel like 
condolences. You know, I didn't feel like I just wanted to disconnect. Yeah. And just be with my thoughts and my feelings. And I think the only person that I really wanted to be around was probably you. Mm-hmm. So um, I meditated. I started, I because I'm very like, I'll be in a mode where I'm doing something and I'm really on it. And then it's like you get comfortable and it's like, oh, you know. So I think with this, I really got back heavy into all of my spiritual practices. Um praying I mean I pray all day every day now yeah meditating disconnecting right just taking care of me taking care of me yeah I think for me um self-care like you said I feel like he's been kind of just putting the battery in our backs self-care for me has been diving into doing what i love Mm -hmm. and really getting back to it wholeheartedly with all of my energy which is which in a sense is recommitting to myself Mm -hmm. and we had that conversation too about like me needing to recommit to myself Mm -hmm. so i think that's um that's how i've been doing it like getting back to my art even divination, like, I love it so much because I feel like even when I give readings for others and I'm channeling information from spirit, a lot of those messages are also messages messages for me. And I notice that when I read for myself, it's a little bit different because my ego is involved. So I feel like I get the most out of messages when I'm reading for others. So that has been um, being a conduit of spirit and also just being a channel for others to connect to the divine and like receive these messages that assist them in their healing and just their everyday lives and bringing awareness is also bringing awareness to me mm-hmm. and just getting back to like doing what I love and making time for it because yeah. I have the time but I don't think I was utilizing my time the way that I needed to I think I was taking advantage of time. And even though, like, time is, like, a social constraint and really it doesn't exist, right. it, it matters, though. No, it, it matters. Does. It matters on rather focusing on the time, like, focusing on the amount of energy that mm. I place into certain things. Right. And I noticed that I wasn't nourishing or placing enough energy into the things that I love and the things that make me feel full. I love that. And, and I think it's easy, like we discussed, like when you're in a relationship and somebody is filling you, it's easy to disconnect from you filling yourself because you're already feeling full mm-hmm. from someone else and that love that you have. But let's now, talk about that for a second. Yeah. Spirit just told me to pause because I know that a lot of women that are listening to this are probably more in your age age range than mine. And I know that you and I have had this conversation and I talked to you about that exactly those words that you just used about someone else filling you up. And, you know, I always use your dad and I's relationship as an example and how important it is for you to make sure that you're not mistaking that fullness for self-love because I didn't love myself when I was your age. And um, your dad just filled me, you know? And I just felt so whole and complete. But what happened when he didn't have the energy to do that anymore? How did that leave me feeling? Right. You weren't full. I wasn't full. Because you weren't feeling Because I wasn't. Up. Yeah. So it's important. It's it's really, really important to just learn. And it's an art. Self-love is an art. Yeah. Because it's so difficult. It's so difficult. It's the greatest love it of all, so but easy, it's the hardest. Yeah. It's much easier to love someone else than to love yourself. Isn't that the craziest thing? Yeah. <laughs> It's a practice. Yeah, it is. It's a practice. And I don't think we focus on it. 
you you don't you don't we don't teach our our daughters or our sons to love yourself you teach them you know you train your daughters to become wives and have other yeah for other people yeah and it's it's important you know to teach our children to love yourself love yourself you're beautiful you're whole you don't need anyone else to fill you Mm mm-hmm and I think part of that was like not that I didn't love myself, mm-hmm. but it was just easier to focus. Like, why focus on myself? Why focus on self love and like pour into myself so much when I have someone who's meeting me halfway? Right. You know. Right. But it it's so much more fulfilling to just like come back to yourself. Yeah. And recommit to yourself. Recommit to yourself. I love yeah. that. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I think my dad has been really helping me. Helping both guiding, of us do that. Yeah, yeah, guiding us and doing that and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. Um, but he was also <laughs> he was also a huge BGA fan. And I think we found, like, he would tell me that he listened to the podcast and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I think we really found out after oh his God. passing yeah. how much of a fan he was. <laughs> Like people were coming up to us at um, <laughs> after the services, they had something for him. It was so cool. Like all of his childhood friends had this huge party. For yeah, him. we literally just drank and partied and danced. Like we was in a tunnel in the nineties, yeah. and <laughs> people were coming up to us like, "Oh my god!" Like. Celine was always talking about you and Amber. He was so proud of you guys and what you're doing. And I was like, huh? Like, we were <laughs> clueless. Yeah. So he was like BGA's biggest fan. Yes. So that was pretty cool. So I think he, I'm sure he's here with us right now mm-hmm. and was like, okay, y'all need to record. Y'all need to, I'm giving you a moment to process, but you have more to share. Right. And I'm happy that we are back in this space. Yeah, and I'm happy that we were able to share this part as um, difficult as it was. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a beautiful dedication to him. Yes, yes. Because um, regardless of where I'm at in my life and how much time has passed, I always want people to know how special he was to me. Right. And I used to tell you that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I would never, ever, if I could change, I would never change anything in my story, especially not with him. We had the most special love, the most special relationship. And it didn't end how I thought it was going to end, but it ended how it was supposed to end. Right. And I'm okay now. I'm okay with the lessons and I'm okay with the loss. Right. Also, I think we're going to wrap it up, but I just wanted to mention that one thing that this has taught me is about how the world deals, like society as a whole deals with death. Because I'm not going to lie, there are only a handful of people, like when I say handful, I mean a handful of people that actually picked up the phone Mm. and called me. I might have gotten like a heart on my post or uh, condolences, texts. Right. But no one, not not no one, but not a lot of people still two months later have picked up the phone. People in your age group. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Right. Have picked up the phone to call. And I think part of that is the disconnect and... Um, what we talk about a lot is relatability. If you can't relate to it directly, or if it, or if you haven't been in that experience, then it's hard for you to understand. I don't even know if it. But be, but because I think I'm super empathetic, I might expect people to do certain things the way that I would do them. You know what? I don't know if it's that. I think it's more of a disconnect in what what would that be called what would that be called manners i don't even know what that's called anymore i I thought it was common courtesy it's yes you when someone passes away you don't text 
And I'm sorry if this is offensive to anyone, but let this be a lesson. I'm going to teach you. If you're close to someone and they lose someone that they love, the proper thing to do is to pick up the phone and call, even if they don't answer the call. Yeah. Even if they don't answer the phone, you call and you leave a voicemail. You leave a message. People don't even leave messages anymore. Yeah. But you just leave a message and say, I had to pick up the phone and call you. I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything that I can do for you, please let me know. That's not something that you put in a text message. Yeah. I also think with that is also people not knowing what to say. I just and told I, them what yeah, to say. And, I, and <laughs> you just told them what to say. But I think also, like, you don't really have to say anything. Just calling and seeing how they're doing and checking in is enough. Because what we always talk about is all about the intention. Right. And even also, like, to take it one step further, you reaching out to that person the day or the next day that it happens and then not reaching out a month later, two months later, a week later, whatever the case may Absolutely. be, and following up and seeing how they're doing is you're not supporting. Yeah. And I have to say the people that are closest to me called me every day and, and still yeah. when they call me, how yeah. are you feeling today? Are you having a good day? Like, it's important to just be there. That's it. Yeah, just be there. Just be present. Yeah. Your presence is a present. Exactly. Exactly. Do we want to end with our quote reflection? Yes, yes, yes. What do you have for us? Okay. So I was looking for something appropriate, and I love this. The only thing that I don't love is we don't know the author, but whoever this person is, these words are wonderful. Grief changes us. The pain sculpts us into someone who understands more deeply, hurts more often, appreciates more quickly, cries more quickly, hopes more desperately, loves more openly. Author unknown. Absolutely love it. I this felt was a all great episode, and Yes, it feels good to just get back to it because I think also a form of self-care when we discussed it too is just being in this space together. Yeah. And healing. We're together. healing together. Yeah. We're healing together. Yeah. And that's why it was important for us to take some time away and, and just get our minds right so that we can come back and, and give you something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're so happy to be back with you guys. And we're back. We're back. And we hope that even if you haven't lost someone, that maybe there was something in this for you. Right. Exactly. So we love you guys, and until next time. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you were able to connect with us through some of the things that we've shared. The olive branch has definitely been extended, and we'd love to continue the dialogue. So please engage with us and share your feedback, suggestions, likes, tell your sister, give us some positive energy. You can use the hashtag BGA Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, at Brown Girl Alchemy, at Amber the Alchemist, and at Nelly Mommy Alchemist. Until next time, Brown Girls, we see you.